for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. How do you confront someone who threatens your Christian faith? How do you handle the opposition that you experience because of your faith in Christ Jesus? Now sometimes we would hope that such oppositions and threats are panned out by God's power and judgment. Just as we see through Exodus, we might hope that the oppression is miraculously and immediately taken care of by God. However, we know that God takes steps and goes through ten plagues to bring Pharaoh to submission. It would take nine natural disasters and killing of the firstborns to finally bring Pharaoh into submission. However, please remember that the Lord King in heaven offers mercy to those who stand in opposition to his existence. Just as 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's intention is to bring the rebellious people into repentance, not complete destruction. Therefore, as we take a look at today's passage, I would like to invite all of us to think about how we are supposed to engage with people who stand in opposition not only to your faith in Christ, but also in opposition to the existence of God. So let's take a look. Exodus chapter 9, verses 13 through 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so that they may worship me, or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people, so you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You still set yourself against my people and will not let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt, from the day it was founded till now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter, because the hail will fall on every person and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field, and they will die. Those officials of Pharaoh who fear the word of the Lord hurried to bring their slaves and their livestock inside, but those who ignored the word of the Lord left their slaves and livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt on people and animals and on everything growing in the fields of Egypt. When Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail, and lightning flashed down to the ground. 
so the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail fell, and lightning flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, both people and animals. It beat down everything growing in the fields and stripped every tree. The only place it did not hail was the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. So as we see in the passage, God directs Moses to rise early in the morning and directs him to confront Pharaoh. As I mentioned in the beginning, how do we confront someone who threatens us or someone who stands in strong opposition against our faith in God and hinders us from worshiping him? God says to Moses to confront the one who opposes and iterates the word that he says. Here we see that Moses does not confront Pharaoh with his reasons and understandings. He does not approach in order to persuade or to convince him with the reasons why the Hebrews must have to go to Mount Sinai to worship God. Rather, Moses confronts as God directs with what God disclosed him to say. This sounds very simple and cliche and also inconsiderate for those who are actually experiencing such strong opposition in their life, but they would know that this is the only possible way because they would have tried many different ways and have found no progress amending the situation. Moreover, we must consider some of the things that are very common for most of us as well when we confront opposition regardless of scale. First, it is that many of us are bound to use emotions to express our frustration with opposition. Our words may be more of our expression of anger and frustration rather than saying things from God's perspective. Second, most of us may confront the opposition in order to handle superficial matters. For example, we might confront in order to take care of the more immediate issues rather than tackling the more foundational reasons behind such oppositions. Therefore, our own words may not be well thought out because it focuses more of the ways to resolve more of the immediate matters. Now third, we may choose to simply avoid the confrontation. We might hide away so not to cause any more troubles. We might think of ways to escape in order to carry on with our faith without causing any disturbances. Overall, the actions we might think to take uh, to confront our opposition may not be entirely wise or resolutive. In today's passage, we, we see through the message of God how He, not Moses, deals with Pharaoh. He deals with Pharaoh on the issue of worship. By raising the issue of worship, God is claiming few things about His people, uh, that is the Hebrews. First, God is claiming that the reason why His people must worship Him is because of His covenantal relationship with the Hebrews. Covenantal meaning that the Hebrews belong to Him, not to Egypt or Pharaoh. Second is that His people require His presence and must be sent to Him, for they again are His possession. Third, God is claiming that the Hebrews must be freed so that they praise Him only. And that's obviously because, again, they are His legal possession. They are to give thanks to Him, God, praising Him and worshiping Him as their Creator and their only Lord God Almighty. What rightfully belongs to Him is taken by Pharaoh. Therefore, this is not a matter of negotiation, but rather a proper claim to His rightful ownership. 
Moreover, what we see from God's message is that He has raised Egypt for this very purpose. We see in verse 15 to 17, which reads, For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague, and would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You still set yourself against my people, and will not let them go. In other words, the only reason why God has spared Egypt from total destruction is so that they might come to know Him and witness His power, which will result in proclaiming His name to all nations. Therefore, God's plan is missional in nature. He does not want them to perish, but rather come into repentance as they witness God's power displayed through the plagues, and He does so with patience. That is why we see in verse 19 where Moses says, Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter, because the hail will fall on every person and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field, and they will die. God is merciful and provides a way for them to escape His judgment for being rebellious and refusing to let His people go, and infringing upon God's legal right of possession so that His people could properly worship Him. Therefore, going back to that question, how do you confront someone who threatens your Christian faith? Now, how do you handle the opposition that, experience, that you experience because of your faith in God? You confront them with God's message, and particularly that of the covenantal message. Provide them with the worldview that they do not have because they don't know God. Tell them that they do not have any ownership over your life and that they cannot decide your life's destiny with their threats and opposition and any suggestions because you belong to God. You are God's child and His treasured possession. And the covenantal relationship set through the blood of Christ Jesus cannot be broken by any all means. Moreover, remember that they too stand in judgment. And if they do not listen to His mercy and accept the one way to resolve eternal death, just as it was for the Egyptians with the warnings of incoming hailstorm like they have never seen since they became a nation, then they too will face God's judgment, separated from eternal life, living in continual rebellion. So please remember that those who listened to the warning began to fear the word of the Lord and brought their slaves and their livestock in order to escape God's judgment. So please remember that you are God's treasured possession and you belong to God. That is our identity given to us as a gift by grace through faith in Christ Jesus and not by our own efforts or works. And because of that grace, we have a way in which we can and should handle opposition uh, to our faith. Just like Moses confronted Pharaoh to declare God's message, we too should declare God's message of judgment and salvation to the world that we live in. Regardless of scale, regardless of the relationship of the listener, we must be keen and discerning to proclaim this message in order that they could believe that no one could separate us from our Lord God, our Father. Let us pray. Father Lord, give us wisdom. Give us courage and confidence in your words. 
so that we could take this to those who stand against you. For they challenge our faith, our faith in you. But that means they're challenging you too. So Lord God, give us the courage to confront them with your word so to let them know that you are their God as well. Let us preach the gospel of mercy to them so they can listen and repent and come to know you as well. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world, stepping in closer.